When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Texas Podcast. My name's Daniel. It's your boy, HH. On the line, we have one of Half Hope's regulars from the Double H Sunday Hangouts. Um, we got A1. What's good? What's good, man? I'm happy being here, man. We appreciate you taking the time yeah, out and, and coming on the podcast to kind of talk about Arsenal a little. Uh, remember to follow us on the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. Um, if you're on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. What are you doing? Also, leave us a five-star review, and we'll read it on the show. And if you want to support the podcast out monetarily, we have a Patreon page where you can pledge any amount. $3 is probably the best one. We're going to start doing some FIFA stuff. The people wanted it. People wanted like a FIFA career mode or whatever, so we're going to start that. If you're already a Patreon or you're going to be a Patreon, go onto the account and leave us a comment. Like, what club do you want us to start our career mode with? But yeah, we will leave that to a poll. Check us out on Patreon. You get 30 to 40 extra minutes of us in video format now, which is kind of dope. So, A1, where can people find you on Twitter before we get started? Yeah, my Twitter is um, Ords first, so A-U-D-Z-1-S-T. Cool. All right. So let's get this started. We got a lot to get through this week. The main match was obviously Manchester City going to Anfield to play Liverpool. I'll start with Have Hope. What were your first impressions of the game? Like, what did you think would happen? And I thought that um, the game would be a lot slower. I thought City would control the, the ball a lot more. I think I was shocked by how fast and how open the game was. And because the game was so open, I think that is what suited Liverpool a, a lot more. I think the quicker much more open game was a kryptonite for Man City. And just think like, you know, once those incidents happened, it changed the complexity of the game, i.e. the handball or not handball, the Fabinho goal. And once that happened, and City now had to chase the game. And because it was so early on in the game, it basically just made for an exciting game. Basically, it was, I thought it would be a lot more like the games were last season. So Yeah, I agree with Half Hope. I did think it would be more tighter. The way Liverpool started, it hasn't been the way they've been like, Recently, now recently, they've been more tight at the back. But that game, they were literally pressing, especially like in midfield as well. I think that's where the battle was in midfield and Liverpool won that midfield battle. And yeah, for the first goal, I don't know how that wasn't a handball. And the counter-attack from there to Man City's area and for the goal as well, which I personally feel Bravo should have saved, even though it was a good strike. But I think if that's Edison, that's a save and that's a little warning for Man City to fix up. But... As soon as that first goal went in, then the second goal went in after, you know, I felt it was game over for mm. Man City. Do you guys feel like the handball should have been called for Silva? Do you think it should have been maybe a handball for Trent Alexander-Arnold? Like, what is your opinion on the handball incidents? If it's for me, I wouldn't give it to us handball because I think, like, the handball rule is whack. But by the letter of the law, Kimpembe was punished. Several other people have been punished. 
And because those, I think what's it called, Danny Rose was punished as well when it didn't make sense. So if you're going to punish all, all of these guys, you have to keep that consistency. So I think it was the second Trent Alexander one in the second half where it didn't hit Silver's hand before. You, you have to give it. If you're going to give you the ones, you have to give it. I wouldn't give it, but you have to you, you have to give at least one of those. Aren't there different rules for what handball means in the Champions League versus what it means in the Premier League? So when the ball hit Silva's hand, it was kicked into his hand by Lovren, essentially. So is that intentional? Not really. But Trent Alexander-Arnold's hand isn't in a natural position. Therefore, that would signal to me that the first handball incident would be accidental. So you'd let it go. But the second instance where it hits the Liverpool defender, his hand's in an unnatural position. So you go to VAR and you rule it a penalty. For me, that's how I would see it. Yeah. But but I, but I think if that was in the Champions League, the fact that it hits Silva's arm at all, it's a free kick for, for Liverpool. With the whole handball stuff, it's the whole inconsistency that which annoys me about it. Yesterday with Trent's and handball, I'm pretty sure that's a, for in another game, that's a penalty. But whereas this game, I don't know why it wasn't a penalty. And even the second handball as well, in another game, that'll be a penalty as well. So it's just the whole inconsistency with the whole handball stuff. It, it, it annoys me. It's just like one minute it's handball, the next minute it's not handball. And it's just like, where do we draw the line? Like, Yeah, I've always thought it's a necessary evil, especially like, I remember last year, you, you asked, should the Premier League do VAR last season after we saw it in the World Cup? Mm. And I was like, yeah, just do it as it's going to happen eventually. So start now. That way you get rid of the teething problems and the growing pains. But I thought you were still a bit skeptical on it. So what is your opinion now that you've seen it in action for the past few months? Confusion. First of all, why does the Premier League use VR differently from every other league? Already that just throws me off. It's like, okay, like I thought you're the referee of the game. No, you were chosen as the main referee of the game. There are not two referees. There's one referee, which means that the final decision comes from you. How are you taking a viewpoint of another ref referee when he's not refereeing the game? It's you that refereeing the game. Mm. You're, the, you're the main official, so that means that you have to look at the TV screen, view it, and then take the decision from what you have seen with your own two eyes, not what your colleague has seen. That's your colleague, and you may make a different decision from your colleague. Look like at Mike, Mike Dean. Mike Dean makes very different decisions from most other re re referees. And I think that's what people have always said. VAR itself isn't the issue. It is how it's been used and the execution of the people who have this VAR. It's just a machine. But if you're using this machine and you can't rule that as whether it's handball or not handball, then it doesn't make any sense. And I just think if we, I mean, if we want to relate it to what we're talk, talking about, that's a handball. You look at VAR and then you now make the decision. Like we've seen that time and time again, because it's like, wait a minute, like that's, I've, I've seen that story play out many times this season already where it hits the hand. I don't think it's handball. You saw it in slow motion, and when you view it, you're like, yeah, man, it's according to the rule that we've been given for this new season, it's the handball. Was there even a VAR review? Was there even a check? Yeah, <laughs> so, I think there was, yeah. Oh, there was a check? Yeah, for the Trent one, I think there was, yeah. When I hear people talk about VAR, they say the English league is kind of trash, but the league that's best is, in terms of like domestic leagues, is Serie A, because they've had it for longer than just the start of this season. They've been doing it for one season and this season. To me, it would stand a reason that maybe next year, two years from now, the process will be a lot smoother. And right now it's just, these are basically rookie referees with technology that they've never had before, making decisions too slow, not knowing when to use it, how to use it. 
like the interesting thing is in other leagues, the referee who's refereeing the match goes to the monitor and makes the decision for himself. In England, I feel like they were arrogant in some way and were like, nah, we're going to do it better and different. We're going to have uh, an official that makes the call from the booth. That way the referee doesn't have to come to the sideline and look at a, at a, at a monitor and slow the game down in that way. But I think it, that makes it more confusing. Like it makes more sense that the referee of the game goes to the monitor and looks at it for himself and makes the decision for himself. Basically, the VAR is it's video assisted refereeing, right? So if mm. that guy's an assistant, he should be telling you might want to look at this, not this is the final decision. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah so that's- so so it, it should be like, yo, uh, if Mike Dean's the VAR one, he's an assistant referee. So he tells Michael Oliver, dude, you might want to go look at this. And then Michael Oliver then goes and looks because he's the official referee. Right now, it's like Mike Dean is looking at it and he makes the uh, the official decision. It's like, nah, like the guy who's actually in charge should be the one. And for people in the stadium, I think it would be a lot smoother if the referee actually took his ass to the sideline and went to look at the monitor. That way people in the stands could be like, ah, he, something's happening. Instead of him just sitting there with his finger on his ear just telling players <laughs> to calm down. Like, it's stupid. They see, by the Premier League trying to say that we're trying to rush things and make it quicker, it's actually a lot slower because you're waiting for ages while guys are deliberating. Whereas in the way they do it in Syria, you're, look, unless you're flipping slow, you jog over to the sideline and you look at the TV thing and it only takes you about three, four, four Unless it's something that's really, really like difficult, maybe five or six, but normally it takes maybe three or four looks. Boom, you make the, 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 the decision. You do like that whole TV screen thing, raise your hand up, or you point to the kickoff circle or the, or the penalty spot. Boom. Also, I think it's easier as an individual to overturn yourself than it is to have someone else tell you you're wrong, like just as a system. Because I feel like if I was wrong and I went to the monitor and I was like, oh, I got that one wrong, I will correct myself. Mm. Rather than have somebody who's in the referee union and they're looking out for my best interest and they, they have my back, as it were, maybe they want to tell me I'm wrong out of professional respect or something like that. Mm. So I feel like that's backwards. But anyway, uh, we could talk about this for a whole show, I'm sure. But what did you feel about maybe City's position after the game? They eventually lose. We saw Pep on the sideline where he was yelling at the fourth official. We're like, you know, we got robbed <laughs> twice, basically. Twice, he was, twice, yeah. twice. <laughs> so, like, do, do you think this is going to – see, if there wasn't an international break right now, I think maybe this could have ramifications. It, it could, but at the same time, after this international break, I think the next one's in March, I think. And there's a lot of games coming up, especially around the Christmas period. And Liverpool, they play the club World Cup. Imagine they win the semi-finals, they win the final, whatever. So that's a lot more games for them. And the thing that concerns me with Liverpool squad is their squad depth. If they get injuries to like a few people like Salah, he had to come off injured yesterday as well. Mane, he got rested as well. So it's just like, I don't think their squad depth is strong enough to like maintain. And whereas City, apart from defence, which they seem to be coping quite well as well, because I think Fernandinho, he's been doing a good job at centre-back. Yeah. But, and I think in January, all City needs to do is buy a centre-back and then they go again because in other parts of the pitch, they're stacked. So I think as the season goes on, I think City could get stronger. Whereas Liverpool, unless in January they get players, 
it could be a problem for them. And especially if, say, Salah, he's getting these little injuries, reoccurring injuries, that could be a problem for him as well. Because yesterday, Salah and Mane, I personally feel they had a quiet game. They had a quiet game, even though they both scored. I feel they didn't run City ragged as they usually do. So I guess the question is, does this game have more consequence long term or in the short term? I'm not sure how much consequences it's really going to have. Because I still feel like if this nine points gap is too early on in the season. So I think maybe it might be a short. Mm. I don't think it's going to Because I just feel like if this was... Because remember, Liverpool were like... When Thingy lost to Newcastle, there were eight points clear. Yeah, there were were eight points clear. And we all know what what happened afterwards, you know. So it's like nine points seems large. But we've not even yet reached mid-November yet. A lot can happen. From now to then, draw here, draw here, loss, draw here, draw here, boom, and then and I think so. Obviously, City just have to keep on winning. Now, any points that City now drop, it's not going to be even much more. So, obviously, City cannot afford to drop any points whatsoever from now until they meet Liverpool again at the Etihad. So, I don't think this result is going to be as this is going to have as much effect as people think it should. The way you guys are framing it, it's Liverpool and City. Although City are fourth. So Leicester and Chelsea have nothing to say. Maybe they might take points off like here and there, but there's no way any of those two clubs can win the league. It depends what and Chelsea do. It depends. If Chelsea beats Man City, then it won quite. If if Chelsea if Chelsea beats beats Man City, like then I think it's 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 it, it could be a two horse race. I feel like if Chelsea beat City, then it's just Liverpool by themselves. Oh, because you don't think Chelsea can outlast Liverpool? No. No nah, man, no, nah, it's not happening. Bruh, have you seen have you seen who they start? Reese James, Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham. You feel like these youths are gonna like win a league? Monaco did it. Monaco did it, man. Since when do you respect League uh? Uber Eats, Uber Eats. I'm not oh, look, 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 man. It is what it is, man. No, no, look, look, look. Things are not gonna be as simple as we think they are. Like, I think we I think everyone is thinking very two-dimensionally. It's Liverpool. They got in seven points last season. They're nine points clear. They look to be even stronger this season than they were last, last season. City, they've fallen by the wayside. Pep looks like if he needs to be admitted into a psychiatric ward. Who the hell are these Chelsea youths? Less. So, but I just think that there's going to be much more twists and turns. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but there's going to be a lot more twists and turns, and it won't be as simple as Liverpool just walk the league. It's Liverpool and City. Chelsea, you know, big game so far. They haven't really impressed me, Chelsea. Winning at home as well, that was a little bit of an issue. They seem to have gone past that. But now it's just the big games, how, how they do in big games. And um, Leicester, I just see him challenging for top four. I can't see him going for a title. Even though Brendan Rodgers, he has been in a title race before. So, you know, he's got that experience. And obviously, he's won titles before with Celtic and whatnot. But title race-wise, it's just Liverpool and City. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if only to talk about Arsenal. If only to talk about Arsenal, let's talk about Leicester. Um, A1's an Arsenal fan, so I, I, I guess I should just let you talk about this. Like, Do you think that game had any significance past just the result? In terms of, do you think that was kind of like, I don't want to say changing of the guard in that way, but Leicester are now here. Is it a top seven kind of deal? And where, where do Arsenal rank in this? Like, where do they fit? Uh, you, you could say so, because obviously, because Leicester won the league a few years ago. The way they're playing... Brendan Rodgers, he's a good coach as well, and he's getting the best out of players as well. Is it Vardy? Since he's came in, Vardy scored like 19 goals under Brendan Rodgers, which is like crazy hmm. considering like how he's getting old. It seems like he seems to get better. And also you've got the young players like Madison, Tielemans and Chilwell and 
Pereira. So, like, they've put a stamp on, like, top four. I personally feel they're going to come top four this season. I just find it crazy how Leicester won the league a few years ago and they've managed to rebuild the squad and, like, completely... The only two players that from the starting eleven that were in the title win the starting eleven is Vardy and Schmeichel. Apart from, that, like, everyone else, it's been changed and they're managing to challenge for top four, which I think is something Leicester expected, especially after winning the title under Ranieri the second season it didn't go well and they sacked him but right now I think top four they're coming top four considering how Man United are playing Arsenal playing Tottenham they're not looking like a top four team and I think Leicester are just gonna take that spot I still feel like let's see what December brings because they're not gonna keep winning from now on to the end of the season and they won't have the kind of consistency that you know that Liverpool are gonna have or City are gonna have so I wanted to see what happens when these guys struggle and when they get into a tight spot, which they will, and how they react from from um, from, from there. But I think from because I think Emery is going to get sacked soon. I think it is too much. So if Emery gets sacked, how much will that destabilize Arsenal? How well will Freddie Longbeck come when, when, when coming in? United, forget about all those guys. Tottenham, forget about those guys. So the path is pretty much clear for Leicester to not pretty much get this top top four. You know, the path is clear. Talk about Arsenal, bro. Like, what's what's going on? What are the issues? What do you want to happen? Good evening, A1. Good evening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good evening. Good evening. We're going backwards under this manager. When we got linked to him at the start, before he saw, um, we got him as our manager, I said, no, I do not want him. And I said the reasons why Arsenal board, they wanted someone that values the club, that, that you know knows the club values and whatnot, the way we play and whatnot. And he's totally opposite. He's totally not that type of manager. And even in his interview, he, when he first became a manager, he's talking about he'd rather win games 5-4 than 1-0. And when a manager says when a manager says that, all right, cool, there's something wrong. But at the same time, you think there's a 5-4, you're attacking manager maybe. Maybe you're attacking manager, but defensively not good. Or, say, or vice versa. If you say I'd rather win 1-0 than 5-4, it, to me it shows like you're more of a defensive manager that, you know, if the chance comes, you take the chance, but you rather keep a clean sheet. And I just feel he's neither. Like, he's nothing that... I, out of defensive and attacking, he's nothing. That like, you don't know what he's doing. And I think as time goes on, the players are getting more and more demotivated by him as well because goals are drying up for Aubameyang. We don't create chances um, defensively all over the place. Like whether he plays back four, back five, back six, whatever, defensively we will still concede shots and chances as well. Attacking wise, Pepe, I, I feel sorry for him, man, because Pepe, he's not, he's not gonna do well under this manager. He's still playing Kalasnach over Tierney and it has me thinking, why did we sign Tierney? Torreira, there's been reports Torreira might be leaving in January because he's not happy with his position. He's been asked to play as an attacking midfielder. Even though I do see what Emery's trying to do, pressing from the front, but you can't do it with Torreira. I've seen it happen when, at PSG where he tried to do it with Verratti, tried to play Verratti as a number 10. It's just like, Verratti's not a number 10. Some of the decisions he's making is just truly just baffles me. And with the board... It's all it's down to them now because everyone knows Emery's not the right man for this job and it's down to the board to make a decision and sack him and whatnot. But do I feel this board's going to sack him? No. I don't know why. They must think it's a risk because I'm hearing reports already saying that apparently he's got six more games left. So See, I'm like, thinking why, why would why wouldn't you just get rid of him now? Like it's the perfect time. It's an international break. Yeah, you just lost to yeah. Leicester, you haven't won a game in God knows how long. Like drop him now. But 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 maybe and, and again I I felt this was Wenger. It's like I don't think this board knows who to get, and then they ended up getting Emery, which kind of confirms the suspicion. So maybe they're in in that position again. Like 
if we get rid of him, yeah, who do we get? Um, These guys were handed basically like a money making machine in Arsene Wenger. He would take scraps and get top four, and then get you into the Champions League, knocked out in the round of sixteen, and just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat for like I don't know six six straight years. Then yeah, then yeah. Wenger starts kind of oh he's not getting top four anymore. Maybe we do need to make a change. But they've never had to do that. They bought money, and now they don't know how to maintain it because Wenger yeah. was actually like Juju, essentially getting top four <laughs> with Shamak and those kind of guys. Like yeah, I don't know, no, but, 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 but we can't come out and say top four is a, is a trophy. And I think Wenger, <laughs> no, no, no. But I, I think Wenger planted the seeds of what is happening to Arsenal because I think you they think? went from invincibles, a winning team, challenging for the title trying to do this young youth project. And so let's get top four. You know what? Top four should not be something that we should be, be proud of. So once you just once you allow that just to ooze into the team, right. that team, the club, they lose that kind of winning, winning mentality. mentality. So now they're like, yeah. a mentality for the past three, four, five years has been top four, top four, top four, top four, top, top four. So I think... And now they're stopping out of top four. Which now, is, now it's your really league. So, like, so how far yeah. do you let this slip, man? Mm. Also, or, also, as well, you're not hearing me because a friend of mine sent me this thing about apparently like Obama Yang was sort of like in a crash or something before the Leicester City game. And now people yeah, are like, yeah, yeah, because Arsenal fans are now angry with him and everything. And my friend said, you know what? They're angry that Obama Yang is getting too close to Arsenal fan TV or or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so basically, the, the thing here is, is that if Arsenal lose Obama Yang, they have to fear for their club. Because yeah. Aubameyang is pretty much almost single-handedly keeping them afloat. You get rid of Aubameyang, okay. Aubameyang Obama decides to, to leave. Yeah, pretty much. And that's not even an exaggeration. Like, realistically speaking, they're like mid- mid-table. You take away Aubameyang's goals and his contribution, Arsenal are, are mid-table. Because you're not getting the goals from La Gazette or from any, any other person. So, you know. I feel, like, I feel like there's a good squad in there somewhere, though. We've got a good squad. But I just personally feel under a different coach, maybe more attacking coach. It's better than a mid-table team, is what I mean. Like, yeah, it's it's better. It's better. I, even last season, I personally feel with the squad Emery had last season, he should have got top four. He should have got top four. But the last eight games, I don't know what he decided to do. That Crystal Palace game, man. Uh, <laughs> then we got players like it's things like that, and I think Emery, it's all on him because he because the squad is there. The squad is there. It's not like mm. last season you couldn't have given a benefit of doubt saying it's not his squad, whatever cool. But this season it's his squad. He's everyone's basically fit, and he's still picking the wrong lineups, the wrong formations. Like even like Chambers um, after Leicester game, he, um, he's like, "Oh yeah, this was a new system to us." And it's just like, "Why Damn. are you playing a new system?" Like sometimes, <laughs> like not sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? No, this 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 was my problem with this guy. Because I remember a lot of people last season, if you just kind of compare Sari with uh, with Emery, a lot of people were complaining about Sari. Like, this guy never changes his formation. 4-3-3 every time. You're down 5-1. Even me. You're not going to play two strikers? Like, put two strikers on. Like, put on Giroud and just whomever. Like, in, in my head, I was like, why isn't he changing the formation? But then I look at Arsenal, and I'm like, this guy, he played back three. He played back four. He played with two in midfield, with three in midfield, four in midfield, two strikers, one striker, five strikers. He changes the formation so much. How can you embed an ideology, a philosophy, a way of playing in a team if you change it every week? 
Yeah. And yeah. I think Lampard is reaping some of the benefits of what Sarri was doing with that 4-3-3 because the team had a way of playing and all Lampard had to do was kind of tweak it a little bit, like just play one midfield deeper, one uh, one midfield a little bit higher. And that's basically the Sarri system. And then he adds his own little magic or whatever the case may be. Emery, it's like, bro, he's played 4-3-3, 4 flat, 4-2-2 diamond. Just like... <laughs> Three, three, five, two, three, four, three. It's just like yeah, how many formations he, are you gonna try? He, he finds it yeah. fun. I think. I, I just think he just enjoys it. He enjoys just. He's it's like, like somebody on Football Manager that yeah. doesn't know what he's doing. I personally feel in his in his mind, he thinks he's doing the right thing. Some of the decisions he makes is just like, what are you doing? Even that times where we're losing or we need a goal, he will have like strikers on the bench and not bother bringing them on. Like it's just like, <laughs> mate, it's like, come on, like. Uh, this thing, in his head, he thinks he's making the right decision, but in reality, he's not. Do you know what it is? Do you know what, do you know what has to be annoying? It's like Arsenal have a team to wear, especially against clubs like maybe not Leicester at this point, but I want to say Leicester. I want to say like Crystal Palace and Wolves. Like you have a club that can implement or enforce a style upon a game if you wanted to. Like you have the quality of players that we can dictate how this match goes. But it feels like he looks at the team and is like, okay, let me – create a plan for this team. And I feel like that's backwards for a club of Arsenal's level. A Crystal Palace should look, okay, this is what Arsenal's like, and we have to now create a game plan to play against them. And they do that to an extent. But it shouldn't be Arsenal, hmm, what is Crystal Palace good or bad at? Yeah. Let's tailor uh, <laughs> a, a, let's tailor a schematic to Crystal Palace, and then the next week, let's tailor something to Leicester. Like, nah, like, yeah, Arsenal should be Arsenal. You should have created that from the day you walked in. And maybe you can yeah. tweak it here and there. If you're playing City, if you're playing Liverpool, okay, yes. maybe we play a little bit more on the counterattack. But generally speaking, you should have a style of play a season and a half in. But he doesn't. Exactly that. Exactly that. That's why, like, for example, like me, with the whole Wenger stuff, that's why I wanted him gone because, yes, he had his style, but he would never change it, especially against the big teams. He would always try to go toe-to-toe with City, then we'll lose or whatnot. Whereas, I, and I thought, you know, let's get a manager who's got the balance where you've got your style, you've got your philosophy, you know, you play the way you play and whatnot. But obviously, when you come against certain teams, you might give you problems. You change it up, but you still got your star. But Emery, he always looks at other teams as if that they're a hard team. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It, he looks at, he looks at, and he and, tries and, to find the flaws and like ignore it. Just like, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah literally. Like, and this yeah, he's is got why too much, it, like, it, yo, it, like, what's, what's, What's what's the team in Europa League? Victoria SC Victoria, or something? Victoria, yeah. Yeah, how are you tailoring a plan to these guys? <laughs> yeah. Come on, don't do dumb dude, dumb dude. And yeah, it, it just totally shouldn't be like that at all. And it's like what is annoying is just the fact that these smaller teams are coming to us. Usually, they they would come to us, they'll partner with us, and we'll find it hard to you know break them down, and we'll be annoyed. Say if we draw, we'll be like, oh. Maybe the keeper was good, or they parked the bus. Like now, mm. these smaller teams come to us; they actually come at us, and they having shots and creating chances. This is like, what? <laughs> like, really? Like even like Burnley, a team like Burnley, you expect them to come to us here and just just play long ball football. Yes, they play long ball football, but Burnley will actually create chances against us, and I think they end up having like eighteen shots at home. He said they're having Emirates. shots. Yeah. And, <laughs> And he's like, really? They're and having the, shots like, against us. Yeah, yeah, even like, um, what's it again? Against um, Watford. And that was like the worst team in the league at that time. And we were winning 2-0. Then second half, it just totally flipped. And 
Watford looked like they were the Man City and we were like the Watford. And it's, it shouldn't be like that. It should not be like that at all. And it's all down to Emery. And I feel if you get a different manager in who knows, yeah, these players are good, plays to their strengths, we will be blowing teams away. That's me personally. And I'm pretty sure loads of, of Arsenal fans and even fans in general know that we were able to do this. But under this manager, it's not happening. So, obviously, my stance on him, I want him gone. I didn't want him at the club anyway, but I just want him gone. If he goes, you know, we'll be better. Who would you take in? We might say the board don't know who to hire, right? But yeah. as, as a fan, as a supporter, as somebody who I'm assuming puts money into the club, goes to matches, etc., who would you like to see? Right now, we're in a bit of a tight situation because like, there's a lack of managers. Me, personally, I think it's time we should just get Jose Mourinho. People are talking about get Yumba, get Arteta in. Like, I do not want to take that risk, possibly getting these guys in and we don't get top four. In terms mm-hmm. of now, coming in now, I'd rather get Mourinho in. I don't want to get Allegri because, you know, Allegri, I think defensively make make us better, but I still feel with him, like, it's a bit boring as well. And I, t- I do feel he may need a pre-season where the players can get his philosophy and whatnot. And I feel with Mourinho, he knows the Premier League, a lot of people are saying that, you know, he cussed Arsenal, yada, yada. But, but the thing is... But, but, he did. But the thing is, yeah, yeah, he did. I know he did. He did. But at the same time, when he was at Man United, he cussed Chelsea. So I feel with Mourinho, if he's at Arsenal, he's at Court. I'm an Arsenal man for now. So any guy, any team can get it. Man United, I can cuss you. Chelsea, I can cuss you. Right now, I'm at Arsenal. But I think, obviously, it's the third season syndrome and whatnot. But I just feel, with the first season syndrome, it's something I've been thinking about, yeah. I don't know if I'm totally right or not. It's just like, when he comes in his first season, he does well, he sets his foundation, he gets the team solid, whatnot. Then, second season, that's when he wins the league. Then the first season is when he has his little outrage and whatnot. But I always notice, I think in the second season, he always gets a contract extension. Then, when it comes to the first season, that's when he starts... (laughs) Going all this and that. He gets the extension and then he implodes, yeah, and, yeah, and, and then and then and then he gets a payoff, bro. It's yeah, a good, it's a it's yeah. a good business model, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and I feel that you know if we if Arsenal do hire him, just don't give him that extension. Just say three years, and hopefully within three years, we'll, there'll be managers around. We're able to see like, okay, cool, maybe he can come and take over after Jose Mourinho. Just just don't give him that extension contract. But I think right now, of all the managers here available, just go get Jose. I think if Jose comes in, he knows what to do with the squad. And, you know, we'll get the best out of this squad. Maybe not the best, but he'll be doing much better than Emery. And I think we get top four with him. Have hope. Would you, would, you, would you sanction your boy to manage <laughs> Arsenal? Or would you want to keep him away? Bro, bro, I think it's a smart... If Arsenal, if Arsenal want to win, I think you get Uncle Mo. I mean, I think Uncle Mo needs to head to Bayern Munich. But this flick that looks to be doing all right with Bayern. But I think that, look, man, Arsenal guys... I think for Arsenal, they need a, 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 a shift change. Because Emery was still pretty similar in his philosophy to Wenger. Like, the difference between Wenger and Emery uh, is, that, is that Emery just brings a lot more tactics and a lot more change, but they're both very attacking and are both very offensive my, my, my managers. They're not very pragmatic and they don't really preach the, the defence. So maybe... Emery? No, no, no. I don't think Emery attacking, man. Emery and attacking don't go together. Uh, no, so so you, you'd call him, what, a defensive manager? A pragmatist? Uh, a tactician? I, 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 He's enough of a manager. He's enough of manager. <laughs> he is because it's true. It's true because he's very, he's too safe for me. He's too safe. Nothing too safe. He tries to keep a clean sheet, but it doesn't work out for him. Like it'll be games where I think against the Wolves, against Wolves, he, I'm pretty sure in his head he was happy with that one-one draw at home. Hmm. And 
obviously you're at home. You want to win games at home. That's when like you're expected to win games. I think with him, he will set up teams just not to lose. That's it. Maybe not to. Uh, it's still setting up to teams to win. But he would set up a team not to lose and a 1-1 draw would be okay with him. That's the type of manager he is. He's a mid-table manager. He's not a defensive manager. He's not an attacking manager. He's just mid-table nothing manager. Whoever's backing him, if you're listening to Emery, that's just my personal opinion on you. It's no offence, you know. I just think that's how you are, man. That's it. All right. Um, okay, so there were three other big matches that happened in the week. Let's go to Bundesliga. Why not? How many times do... Borussia Dortmund has to get beat at the Allianz Arena for people to kind of understand that it's not close. They got beat. They, they get beat 4-0, 5-1, 6-0, 3-0. It's like routine. They just go there and get slapped. Every time I tune in because maybe this is the time that Dortmund can do something, but they never do it. They're, they're a lost cause, man. They're, they're a complete <laughs> lost cause. Like, 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 forget. I mean, these guys. I mean, I mean, come on. They're clowns, man. They're clowns, you know. Do, do, do you know what struck me? I was watching the game, and I already knew the result. I think Leicester Arsenal was at the same time, so I watched that one instead for whatever reason. Mm. Um, <laughs> but uh, well, I, I know why I watched it just to watch the train wreck. But um, um. <laughs> but I, I had the game recording on my on the DVR, so I went back and I watched it. And what struck me was just the routine nature of the four nil. Bayern didn't, other than like one spell where they scored two goals in quick quick succession in the second half. Bayern didn't play that great. Second half, they 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 gave them that walk in the second half. Man. Like it should have been six or there, five. There, there, there was a short spell where I felt like, oh, now they're on top of them. But that was like it was it was maybe like five minutes, six minutes, maybe. It it made me worried for Dortmund because if Bayern don't have to reach like upper, like it wasn't like Spurs the second half. It wasn't like that. Mm. It was just they were just playing a normal game. And they won 4 0. It, 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 it lets me know that Dortmund are in trouble. Um, yeah, because Bundesliga is kind of tight right now. Mm. You know, Mujin grabs back there at the top of the table. I think three points clear. But with the whole Dortmund and Bayern, I think the, it's more exciting when Bayern go away to Dortmund. That's when mm. I feel, that's when I'm mainly tuning because, you know, <laughs> Dortmund are home. They're mainly, you know, ramped up and whatnot and they give and they both give each other like a good game because it's mostly end to end but when they at the Allianz the Allianz are, you know that's a stadium where it's it's kind of hard like, to win there even though Liverpool won there quite easily but unless you're Chelsea obviously <laughs> but, but yeah um, yeah it, it, it's so weird that Bayern can go through all these like a bad stage whatnot and when they face Dortmund at the Allianz it's just a big victory and what's concerned and I was a little bit surprised because Dortmund, what they done in the week as well when they came back um, against Inter Milan to mm. win three two. So I would have thought, you know, they'd been amped up, but it didn't happen. And what I didn't watch the game, but I saw that Jaden Sancho got taken off after thirty five minutes. Mm. I thought, oh, he's a injury. And I looked it up, and it's like uh, Favre said that it wasn't an injury. So I think that right there could be a little bit of a problem, cause especially with the whole, you know, Sancho's been linked to English clubs and whatnot, and past few um, games he's been benched, some games he hasn't played. But I'm pretty sure, like, he's one of your best players and creative players as well. You should keep him on. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, no, no, I mean, no, I mean, I just thought it was a tactical thing. I didn't think it was anything deep. I just thought it was much more of a tactical thing, I think. Did you watch marseille Lyon? Nope. It was on at the same time, Juve Milan. What is going on with football fixtures, yo? Why do they have all these matches? Champions League, league. Can't we, like, come to some 
agreement that like <laughs> don't put good matches on at the same time. It's wild, bro. It's wild. It's annoying, it's... is what it is. Because yeah. I I can't watch two games at once. I, yeah. I can try, but it's hard. I, my attention span is not that great. So I I, I chose to watch League. Uh, Payet had an incredible first half. Yeah. Like Very he good. there was this one piece of play where Bertrand Traore was running down the right wing. Payet tackles him Tackled from behind, him, yeah. collects the ball. <laughs> Then runs maybe I don't know fifty meters, gets a pass, yeah, and scored a goal. It was like an incredible passage of play. And then Marseille got a red card. I don't think Leon Leon didn't create any chance. They lost two one. Traore yeah. had an amazing pass to Dembele, um, for for an assist. But after the red card, nothing happened, which was kind of disappointing from uh from a Leon point of view. But Memphis didn't play. I feel like if Memphis played, Leon might have got like a three two or two two at least. But the league on table is pretty tight. Other than PSG, but I think I feel like we say this every week. But if you take out PSG from League One, it's quite competitive. But you can yeah. still. They're still in it. <laughs> that's so the problem. You, 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 you can just take them out. The, the league but, table but has a minute, so they have an eight-point lead, and Liverpool have the same. So take that for what you will. Like it's, <laughs> it's 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 the same gap in the Premier League that it is in League One. So, but but the thing is, how is it going to end? Because you know we saw Liverpool last year eight, yeah, yeah. eight point gap, then City came. That's back. true. It's but anyway, I, I just wanted to shout out League. Oh, like League. Oh, I feel like you should watch it more. Do you speak French? A one? No, I don't. Sadly, man. Uh, sadly, anyway. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> Juve Milan again. I didn't watch it. I just watched the the baller goal before we started the podcast. But I'll assume half hope you watched the game. So the big takeaway from what I heard was sorry took off trash. Ronaldo and they won again. So he did it in the Champions League and Douglas Costa scored with Ronaldo off the pitch. And then he took him off in this game, and Dybala scored. So he'll pop up you know, with a few goals here and then. Everything, dude is on the decline, man. And I think dude is just showing guys that look, man, bro. You know, I get this dude the hell out of here, man. You know, FG's like in a state of of mourning. FG, if, for those who don't know, is like a crazy Cristiano <laughs> fan. I, I think he said, "I don't want to watch football again until April," because they had like uh the the Cristiano can't really call them highlights. They're like lowlights. <laughs> And and there's like music with like a bad recorder. Yeah, playing. yeah, 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 yeah. And Cristiano had one of those games. Um, FG sweet. He told um, Cristiano to retire. He's messing up his legacy, something, something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said retire. He said retire, please. Ronaldo fans are starting to turn on him, which is kind of sad. It's <laughs> but, like, but, but but you know how the story always goes. Like this guy may just drop like a hat trick in one Champions League game, and be like, you know what, I'm back. I'm still here. So, is, is are there any words to say about Milan and their performance, or less said the better? No, Milan were actually very good, but it's one of those things of where there's just an air of inevitability. No matter how well Milan played, you always knew that even they didn't believe that they could beat you, you, you Juventus. And I think there's an inferiority complex in the Syria that no matter how well these teams play, they just don't feel they can beat Juventus. And it's just a matter of time until Juve just get that one goal and just go away with the one-zero win. And that's the story of the Syria for the past uh, eight, eight years. Before we get to questions, like anything that's on your mind, double eight or A1? Maybe we want to talk about very Shakhtar. I don't know if you saw the Shakhtar players react to the racist chants. Oh, man, more racism. Man. <laughs> look, 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 A1. I don't, I don't mean to brood on anything. Look, but, I mean, we're all black here, mostly. I'm tired of this, of this racism crap, man. Okay. Yeah. I'm tired of this racism crap. Why did you say mostly, double H? Because you're a mixed race, man. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, look, man, I'm, look, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm tired, man, I'm tired. Let them throw all these bananas, cheap skits. I'm tired, no, because, because you know what it is, is that, basically, by me talking about this and getting angry, it's like how people get angry whenever, hashtag Oscar so white and all this kind of stuff. It's insulting to me that I should now go out and be like, oh, this is so bad, this is so evil, where this can easily be stopped, and I'll say it again, I know, and I sound like a broken record, you cannot solve racism in life. That is just a disease of humanity that we'll have to live with. You can solve racism in stadiums. And because UEFA is run by racist people who don't care, they don't give a damn, so therefore this stuff will, be, will still be happening. <laughs> this stuff has been happening since I, since I was watching football back in the, in, in the 90s, man. And it's not, it's not changed because the people who yeah. can change it don't care because they're racist themselves. So why should I care? No, the reason why I brought up because um, the reaction to players, they react, the way they react to they end up getting red carded. Mm. So like one of them like he swore at the crowd, got the ball, picked up and booted it into the crowd, then he got red card, then his friend or I, I think not his friend, like his teammate, I think Tyson, he got sent off as well. So it's just like No yeah, no no because up. because those people they're like because they're not yet fully evolved mentally, they're like, wait a minute, racism is part of the game. Why are you being angry as people being racist towards you? Opposing fans being racist towards you is, is just part of football, football and that's the did scary you see thing. That, uh, did, did you see that the Brescia or Breshka yeah, Brescia. Came, yeah. came out in support of the Hellonis Verona, yeah. Hello, uh, Verona. fans? Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw, yeah, it, I saw that. It's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Bro, I'm, I, I actually think there needs to be a conversation because I know a lot of Brazilians what, and those then guys. What they, conversation are we going to have that we've not had already well, before? Well, it's interesting because a lot of Brazilians, I know, they go to Ukraine and they yeah. play out there in Shakhtar. Maybe y'all need to stop doing that. Maybe if you're black, don't go to Italy. Like, you could boycott the country. Like, if if an agent comes to you and is like, yo, we have a contract you could play in Latio or Napoli or someplace, oh, or you man, could yeah, go yeah. to Andelect. Go to go to Andelect. Like, there's no reason to go to Italy. That's true. I mean, like, you you don't have to play there. If if it's your only option, fine. So so maybe Balotelli. Oh, I want to go play for my hometown team. If you want to deal with that, okay, fair enough. But if you have options, if I was an agent, I'd be like, yo, you don't have to go play in Italy. Like, we could go somewhere else. You could, we could go to France. I'm not saying French people aren't racist, but at least they won't like throw bananas at you yet. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, obviously it depends on where you go in France. I'm sure there's a situation in France where people have thrown bananas at black guys. But point being, like, it doesn't seem like I, 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 I don't feel like in England, like the Crystal Palace ultras would come out. And I say ultras in quotes. I don't feel like they'd come out in support of like the Chelsea people being racist. I don't feel like that would happen. Yeah. But in but in Italy it's like, oh, you guys are super uh crazed football fans. We are too. We'll back you in your racism. Like I don't think that happens anywhere else but Italy, maybe Russia, those kinds of places. So like don't go there to play. The ultras are the core of the club. Like mm. those are the fans that are there every week, week in, week out. Don't don't those are the real fans, in other words. So if those are the real fans, like I'm not playing there. But, voice, like, they're the voice, you could say. Right. But again, as Half Hope says, we could talk about this every week. All right, so let's let's get into these questions and then we can we can get out of here. Thoughts from Fuzzy Slippers at AJ Cool 16. Thoughts on Erling Haaland. Is this the next um what's what's the name of that Portuguese dude from Atletico Madrid? Um 
Oh, Jao Felix. Yeah, yeah. Jao so this, this is the next job because a Kai Havertz, Jao Felix, some other... Not everybody is going to be a Messi or a Neymar. And I just think... Well, okay, also another game from Real Madrid, Martin Odegaard or something. Let us let these guys actually have a season where they are their, their money instead of them living off media hype. That's all I'll say. With me, I think he's the real deal. Ooh. It may not be like, oh, like superstar, but this season, he's he scored like, what, 23 goals this season so far. And this is with five hat-tricks, which is crazy. Um, RB, um, Salzburg, Austrian League, cool, whatever. But if you're performing in the Champions League as well, you're scoring against the likes of Napoli and the likes of Liverpool or whatnot. I personally feel like he's, I personally feel he's the real deal. Okay, this is from Ambrose Jeremy. Shout out. Delhi Alley or James Madison, a better signing for Manchester United and why? Carl responded, neither Manchester United need a DM and a right winger first. The United aren't signing any of them. And <laughs> if they were to, easily James Madison, Delhi Alley is the guy's done. And he was never that good anyway. So. <laughs> um, from Savlone? I don't know, man. I'm not sure if you're at, so you'll you'll know who you are. Um, on current form, do Kovacic and Hakimi get in Madrid's current eleven? Ha- Hakimi for sure. Kovacic, eh, four hundred percent. Hakimi for sure. From at Black Emoji, if Brendan Rodgers is so good, what was he doing hiding in Scotland for so long? Trying to recover from bottling the league in 2014. <laughs> Oh, that's what I was thinking. Like, yeah, like he needed a good place to like rebuild his reputation yeah, and, and get back in. Like, yeah. It's never gonna happen. There's no way they could do it. But if they do, if Liverpool pulls off an invincible season, does Arsenal Football Club from Football Bands 4 A go into liquidation or administration? <laughs> B retire the club name and only be referred to by the proper Pez name North London. <laughs> C sue Arsenal Fan TV. For turning the club into a mockery, e.g., AFTV and chill, where rival fans proceed to get high off the misery, anxiety, and meltdowns of Arsenal fans week in, week out, or D, all of the above. <laughs> I feel like B would be interesting if they if they just we're not Arsenal anymore. Oh we're North God. London. Yeah. <laughs> London Red or whatever they are. Do, do, do I have to answer? I mean, nah, it's it's obviously a joke, but do, do you think that they can? Do you think Liverpool can go un, un, invincible? Um, no, I don't think so. Me, me neither, me neither. I don't think, I don't think, think, think so. they can. What happened, man? Um, no, no, that's what I said. So look, in only once, man. That's a feat, man. Invincible, that's a feat. He's a legend for that. He's a legend. He's 100%. On, this is from Packed Mouse. Uh, uh, thoughts on the legend KSI crushing that twat? Logan Paul. No, it's not football related, but after yesterday's events, I'd rather not talk football. He's a City fan. Um, <laughs> I, I watched it through... I listened to other people watch it in like a Google Hangout. It seemed like it was trash. I think he's beat him twice now or something like that. And apparently, the guys asked for a rematch again. It's like, you've only been beat twice by him. Like, what's the point of a third one? But, hey... He won the match, you know. They both made their big money, and whatnot. You know, I would say I wouldn't say both the W's for them. You know, it's a W for you know, KSI, and he's done his thing. I don't have any opinions really. None. KSI is like a FIFA YouTuber, right? Yeah, yeah. He got he got yeah. big off FIFA. Yeah. 
anyway. he's the reason why people think um, Emil Heskey is a bad striker. KSI's fans, the young fans, they think, you know, oh, if he's bringing this guy up a lot, he must be crap. But yeah, that's why people think, you know, this guy is a crap striker. But hey, it's what it is. And last question that we have here from LFC Jack1995. Just got this one in. Um, are Man City the luckiest and most overrated team to win the Premier League? We all see that Liverpool are by far the superior team and that we live rent-free in their heads and deserve to win the league more last season. Seems like propaganda there, Jack. Yeah, yeah. He needs to chill, man. He needs to chill. Like, there's, a re- there's a reason why, even though last season Liverpool only lost once, but City overall won a better team. They won the league two times in a row. You know, it's kind of hard, you know, to retain it nowadays in the mm. Premiership, in my opinion. So, yeah, you, you can't say that about City, man. Maybe this year you may be better. I personally feel Liverpool are better because... City don't have a competent centre-back right now. Laporte is injured and obviously the person besides him, Austin Mendy, who's a, you know, he's all over the place. John Stones, he hasn't kicked on. And I feel he ain't going to kick on. And Fernandinho, as well as good he's playing right now, he's, I think he's 34, 33, and he's mm. a five foot nine centre-back. <laughs> yeah, and he's not a natural centre-back, even though he's doing a good, good job there at the moment, but it's not going to last for long, is it? So, so it's yeah. okay to bring up Fernandinho's a five foot nine center back, but whenever I bring up Kepa's six foot, <laughs> y'all laugh at me. Okay, I see how it is. No, no, <laughs> it's just the way you bring up all the times. So it's like whenever like, a screamer goes in, whenever it's a screamer, I just wait for their tweets. Like, yep, this is why he's the keeper. <laughs> He'd have been better off as a midfielder, I'm telling you. But anyway, um, just one last thing. I listened to a part of your hangout yesterday, Double H, and it was about the f- the best free kick takers. How come nobody mentioned Drogba? Drogba? <laughs> what? The the knuckleball technique? He was one of the best at that. In, no, no, like, no. In best, the best technique and then was Janino. Janino was the best technique. Like his technique was insane. Yeah, Janino. I, I definitely agree with that, Janino. You remember the goal that Drogba scored against Arsenal from the free kick? You remember, oh, okay, that, one? Okay, okay. <laughs> you remember that one? You remember that one? And and then and then the one against Portsmouth in the FA Cup final. Anyway, actually, okay, okay, okay. Let me okay, let me throw this out there then. Maybe this guys would like it. Um, David Beckham. Oh. <laughs> well, no, no. Look, I mean, it's like let's let's keep it real. Okay, let's keep it really real. I know th- this should maybe be an extra, but since A1 is here, look, let's let's just keep it real. White, blonde, had the right face. Japanese women were obsessed with him based on how the Japanese have sort of been, sort of their minds have been warped by Caucasianness and all that kind of stuff. He was, he was a cross merchant, free kick merchant, average at football. He is officially the uh, most overrated football player uh, of all time. I, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say average. Okay, 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 okay. Ewan, let me ask you. Okay, who is more overrated than David Beckham? Please tell me. There isn't. There isn't I, a name. I, I don't see. I don't see Beckham as being overrated. What do people say about Beckham? Where you say he's overrated? People constantly put him in as a legend, one of the greatest in the game, what? and they try. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I have heard the word. Legend used, and maybe, I've had people. Maybe my United legend. Maybe David United. Beckham is a legend, guys. Legend, maybe, maybe legend United of what? Legend. Maybe let my United legend and maybe England legend because because of those. He's a legend in football. He's a yeah. legend in football. Not not necessarily because of what he did, but because of who he was. 
Nah, I don't like no 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 no. That's crap. That's crap. Nah, nah. It's nah. real. No, it's not. Nah, nah, no. You might think, not feel he's a legitimate legend, but I feel like 50 years from now, people are still going to know the name David Beckham because maybe it's because, because of, of what face. he did off the pitch. Maybe, yeah. it's a, maybe it's because of how he looked. But the fact of the matter is he was legendary. No, no, no. And no. and and let's 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 not take it away from him. He is one of the best dead ball specialists ever. Yeah. So he so he does he does have that. And there's a okay. fucking film named after him. So okay, <laughs> I still don't yeah. understand what your point is. Yeah, no, is I think you know I think legend like main like maybe main United legend and England legend because of the whole. If you're a Manchester United legend and an England legend, you're probably a legend in football. No. Why? <laughs> what do you mean? Like that's the biggest club in England and one of the more cool. important cool. countries in the world. If you're a legend for those two entities, how are you not a football? Oh, legend? Daniel, come on, nah, I mean, give me a break. So, who <laughs> you're says just that... saying, give me a break. I want, I give me refutable okay, okay, evidence. Okay, let me repeat. Who says England are one of the most important countries in the world? The same country going through. They black... invented the game. What, what do you mean? Actually, no. China invented the game. Actually, they were kicking severed heads. Up and down, <laughs> there's a painting, so it was actually China. Um, and so, so first, honestly, England, this is in they were playing football with skull, no, no, heads, severed heads, severed heads in China before England. Oh, so, 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 because you're a man United legend, how does that make you a legend of the game? United, right now, look, look, look at where, where they are right, right now. There are many people who may be Rooney, Rooney, you could argue, is an England and a United legend, he's the highest he's a scorer for England, legend, bro. No, he's not. Rooney's not a football legend. He's a legend. So, okay, okay. Who who is the worst football legend? Who, who's what? Who's the worst football legend? I don't mean the like. Okay, okay. So 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 you have like you know Zidane, Ronaldo, Pele, Maradona. Mm. Those are like your horsemen. Beckenbauer as well. Mm. You have those. Like those. That's the top. Yeah. Of like the legendary pyramid. Mm. Who's at the base of the legendary pyramid? No, oh no, there's Oof. no one, there's no not at the base. Every, if you're a legend, you're a, you're a big time guy. You're allowed into the VIP club. <laughs> so that's how I roll. Like, no, 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 legend, no, 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 because you you have five legends separated above others. Mm. So you have horsemen, but you can't say those are the only legends in football oh, no, no. ever. So that so so then even by your ranking system, there must be a hierarchy. No, of horsemen, and then we go into another tier below that, mm -mm. and another tier below that. It's horsemen, legends. That's it. So then it's Berkham. Not great. Not great. I, I thought great was part so, of it. So there's like two floors, and yeah. either you're on the horseman floor or the legend, legend floor below. Yeah, that, that's the, the rest. I I don't give a crap. You're either a legend or or you're a, you're a horseman. The rest. So what's, wait, what's Ronaldinho? Because I remember you said oh, legend or something else. Oh, he's a legend. Okay. Yeah, he's a legend. Basically, he's on the cusp of being a horse. He was on the cusp, but I I, I can't give it to him. But he's he's a, a legend, hundred percent. See, see, like I, I feel like the fact that he's almost a horseman means that there are levels within legend. Then. No, 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 no. It's like you see what I'm saying. Like if he's almost a horseman, then that means he's like a little bit. You, okay, you know how you it, go tier okay, two, upper way. tier two. He must be upper tier legend, okay, and then there's a lower there one below. There are three levels. That. Okay, please, there are three levels. There, the horsemen. Listen to this dude. Legends who are almost horsemen and just legends. How about that? <laughs> how about that? And I'm telling you, David Beckham is like on the level. He's he's, no. he's 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 in the house. So you're telling me that David Beckham should be mentioned in the same breath as Del Piero, Dennis Bergkamp, Clarence Seedorf, Edgar Davids? Are you sick? What the I'm hell? telling you that he's he's going to be there. You might not like it, yeah. but he 
You're, you're, That's insane. You're going to see him in the club. You're going to see him there. Oh, no, you no, might no. not like it. Then I'll throw him but out. But you're going to see him there. I'll throw him out. <laughs> That's why we have bouncers. I'll throw him out at the club. Like, you know, you're not allowed at the club. Are, are you sick? You, you, you want... So David Beckham is eating off the same table as Edgar Davids and Baggio. And the... Yes. And what? Nah. Yeah, I think it's easy so. having a laugh. I think, I think he is. <laughs> having I think a laugh. You, you, you might not like I'm, it, but I'm telling yeah. you, like... The, yeah, you might not like it. The way people think it. about David Beckham means like, and I'm sure it's because more, of the media and the hype. It happened though, like history happened. Like what happened in the past happened. David Beckham has become an idol. I, I remember I, I was reading his. If, if if you go on his Wikipedia page and you look at what uh, Fiorentino Perez said when uh, Real Madrid signed him, one of the first things he said was like, "It's about his level of stardom." And then he talked about, "Oh, he's a great footballer." Do do do. But one of the main things why Real Madrid signed him was because he was a star. And he was a star. Yeah, we could say he dated a Spice Girl. He was a model. He was doing underwear commercials. But the fact of the matter is, he's still legendary. He played 10 games or maybe it was 14 games for PSG. And they put him in in, in their Hall of Fame. He's in their Hall of Fame after 14 appearances. Because of his his mid... Basically, I'm about the football. I'm not about any of the off the field stuff. So whenever I rank guys, I rank guys based purely on what you did on the we, field. I get that. I get that. And you might have a footballing argument, but if we're just talking about what makes someone legendary, David Beckham is legendary, whether you like it or not. Oh, oh no, no, no. He's he's a legendary model. Cool. No, yeah. he's a legendary footballer who was a model. No, no, no. Icon. Football icon. Would you say football icon? Legendary football icon. No, no. He's a legendary model. He's not a legendary <laughs> football player. He's a legendary model. I think because he, I think he's got iconic moments as well, which would back up with the whole. Even though when he got sent off in the World Cup, the, the, he got the penalty against um, Argentina. That was an iconic moment. A penalty. Because the whole revenge. Well. It was the whole revenge thing. Where you know how World Cup night. Yeah, he got. You sent guys are clutching at straws, man. No, no, no. It, it's true. Clutching it's true. at straws, my it's God. True. It's true. Those are, if you see the way it happened, where he got sent off against Argentina, England lost. He was the mo- England's most hated player. Then he became clutch getting him into the World Cup um, with the goal against Greece, free kick, then the penalty against Argentina where, you know, that was the revenge. So that's was that in the knockouts? Or was that no, group, no, stage? Was group stage? Group stage, group stage, group <laughs> I was hoping that was knockouts because then I'd be like, yeah, yo, he has more than Messi and Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you said it's not me. You said it not uh, me. Oh, okay. okay. This is a bit, okay. Are Messi and Ronaldo in the first floor? Are... Are they are, are they in like the first level of the club in the, oh, no, no. in your Messi is a legend, Cristiano isn't. So so Ronaldo <laughs> is out of the house. Yeah, he's he's, he's out the house. He's out the house. See, now, this this detracts your whole opinion. I, I hope you understand that. Why? Based on, based on what? It makes your whole opinion like null and void. Like the I'm fact not, that I'm Ronaldo. Not putting... died... I'm not, I'm, I'm not putting Cristiano in the same room with Edgar Davids and Del Piero. I, I, I can't do it. Oh, come on, man. Come <laughs> do it. Right. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Tap it, Mitch. Tap it, Mitch. Come on. Tap it, Mitch. Tap it, Stop it. Stop it. Stop Stop it. it. Why? What's the reason? What is You've your reason? You've been sniffing glue, man. He doesn't mean? exemplify football in the purest sense for me to put him in. In that club what? with those guys. Nah, nah, nah. nah. He yeah. has over 700 goals, bro. Who cares? He's won, he has a... champ- he's won how many Champions Leagues? How many Champions Leagues? Five. Five Champions Leagues. 700 goals. So a Euro. Cool. More. Name me more. He, Give me more. He has more accomplishments than Messi. Cool. Okay. More, more, more. Yeah. What else? He's got more accomplishments than Messi. Also, Messi. also, also, he has bigger moments than Messi. And you're a moments merchant. Cool. Allegedly. Cool, cool. 
How many how many, how many moments includes a goal in the knockout stages of the World Cup? <laughs> Messi doesn't have that either, and you're saying he's in the house. So you 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 square it. Oh no, oh no, no. Like Messi, he's too talented to not be considered a, a, a legend. Like Messi's talent you, supersedes. I thought you don't care about talent. I, I thought you care about like what you do. Like oh, no, it's no, no, not no. when you score. It's it's not how many you score, it's how you didn't score. This dude when nine, you score. Didn't this dude score like 91 G's in Where one are his year? goals in the knockout stage then? No, but basically, it's it's a whole thing of, of Yo, waffling, dude. You no. it doesn't make when sense. When a guy so exceeds something outside of my criteria, I can then say, you know what, you've you've even if you've not done the key thing, you've done enough. Christian, nah, give me all the goals you want. I'm not putting you in, how in this the guy same in the, the goalpost like every nah. time. <laughs> Legend of my foot. Come on, man. Are you sick? It's like trying to, it's like trying to grab a legend. fish. It's like trying to grab a fish nah, that's Christiana still alive. Legend, like, my you foot, can't do it. Hell out of here, Christian. Legend. Do you see a pattern though? And I've I've always noticed this pattern, bro. You don't rate Kaka, you don't rate Ronaldo, and you don't rate Beckham. Why? Quite interesting. You don't like pretty boy footballers. This is what it is. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're biased against pretty boy model model esque football. This, this is the problem. Del Piero looks look looks like a model. And Not I like would, the other one though. So he I didn't mean, like lean be, into I it. Be, you know what I mean? Like Ronaldo's out here in like Tommy Hilfiger boxes and shit. Like he puts it in in front of your face. Beckham the same. That's what it is. You don't like guys that are like football but, is something I do on the side, bro. All I do, all all I care about is what you do on that pitch. That's that, that's it. <laughs> Well, I care about what you do on that pitch, and these guys are quality. They've done well. They're not allowed in the club. Sorry, they're not. They're not allowed in the club. Stand outside. Anyway, this has been talking tactics. There's a little debate next week. Next week, do you want to talk about uh, maybe doping? You want to do that that conversation? Oh, okay. This, this, so like our, our international debate, international break debate thing. Yeah, man. Let's 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 do some doping. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do some research. <laughs> so yeah, this has been talking tactics. Remember to follow us on the social medias. A one, thank you for hanging out with us. Call us, my call us, Thanks, I appreciate it. Where can people find you? Find me on Twitter. You know, odds first. A U D Z one S T. You know, entertainment and whatnot. I talk about Arsenal. Whatever black Twitter stuff. You know, <laughs> you know, you know, you know. Black Twitter. A1's yeah. link will be in the description. I encourage everybody to follow him. He's a really good follow. Some of the stuff that so we how the hell did he find the stuff? And if you don't really <laughs> the most it's like, like it's 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 a curation of like black tweets from <laughs> England, from America, I'm assuming Africa. It's just yeah. like if you want like the best of black Twitter, like no, 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 one has good, somehow found good. it. Yeah, he's good. Because it's, so. it's always it's always like how because it's it's very it's a mixture of comedy. Quite weird, quite entertaining, and just quite f top. So it's like it's it's a nice mix. Um. So yeah, this has been Talking Texas Podcast again. We thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on uh, Spotify if you're listening over there. Hit the hearts on SoundCloud. Share the podcast with anybody that you think would enjoy it. And uh, yeah, thirty to forty minutes of Talking Tactics Extra will be coming to you if you're a Patreon. I feel like that's all that we have to say. I can take this podcast sometimes funny, sometimes serious, always football. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Stay black. Peace, man. Peace. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.